From the campus of Harvard Medical School, this is Think Research, a podcast devoted to the stories behind clinical research. I'm Abby. And I'm Brendan, and we're your hosts. Think Research is brought to you by Harvard Catalyst, Harvard University's Clinical and Translational Science Center. And by NCATS, the National Center for Advancing Translational Sciences. a lot to make a real change in the public arena. From medicine and healthcare to politics and advocacy, all facets of our world intersect in some way. To tackle all this takes experience and determination. For Dr. Isaiah Cochran, his lifelong involvement in science, medicine, education, and social justice have led him to pursue medicine and politics in his first steps towards systematic change. An alumni of Harvard Catalyst's Summer Clinical and Translational Research Program, Dr. Cochran is a resident physician of family medicine at Halifax Health in Daytona Beach, Florida. Hi, Dr. Cochran, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be on. We're excited to have you. How are you doing? Where are you right now? I'm great. I actually just um, moved down to uh, Daytona Beach, Florida to start my family medicine residency at Halifax Health. Um, So uh, enjoying the new area, uh, very close to a lot of uh, things and also in a good, um, in a very good uh, city to train as a family medicine uh, physician. The program is uh, unopposed, meaning there are no other residents at the hospital. The hospital is almost a 700-bed hospital, so it's a big hospital in Daytona, and the surrounding area is very diverse in terms of race as well as in terms of uh, socioeconomic status, so I'll get to see a wide spectrum of patients, which will be good for my training, so I'm excited. That is great to hear, Um, and how are you holding up during this time? Uh, Fairly well. Uh, Just hoping that... uh, Hoping that uh, everybody else continues to follow uh, guidelines and and everything that has been uh, put in place, so that way we can um, prevent too many more people from uh, getting sick. But I'm doing well, and I hope that you all are doing well also. Yes, thank you so much. Um, so in 2014, you participated in Harvard Catalyst Summer Clinical and Translational Science Research Program. Can you tell us how you found out about the program and what your experience in the program was like? Yeah, so I found out about the program by way of the internet. I was just looking up uh, summer uh, internships and uh, that popped up and I figured uh, I would apply and I was, uh, thankfully I applied and I was selected and uh, it was a very great experience. Can you tell us a little bit more about the program and um, who was recruited into the program and a little bit about what you did? Yeah, so the program was for uh, uh, 
to provide opportunities for those from a wide array of backgrounds. And uh, I was uh, very interested in neurology at the time. So Carol Martin, who uh, now has passed away, was a wonderful uh, individual. And she ran the program for a number of years, I believe. And um, <clears throat> she did a, a great job with it. But anyways, um, during my interview, I was asked what are my what was my interest, and I said neuroscience. So uh, I was able to select out of three uh, labs that I wanted to be in. I got my number one choice, which was uh, Dr. Charles Nelson the uh, third's lab, um, and I worked under Dr. Candice Varson, uh, who was doing a uh, post back uh, with him. Um, very great experience. I had the opportunity to do <clears throat> research on autism spectrum disorder and how there seemed to be a higher uh, ideological burden uh, for females to uh, obtain the uh, diagnosis of autism uh, spectrum uh, disorder versus their male counterparts. So um, it was a very uh, intriguing uh, experience. I was able to see people doing great work and that's just inspiring uh, there. So that's number one. Two, it's always cool to be able to go somewhere and learn from uh, individuals who have had such great experiences all over the world. My PI was a very nice individual and very welcoming to everybody in the lab, even the summer interns. Uh, my postdoc, uh, Dr. Candace Varson, was one of the nicest people I've ever met, uh, ever, ever. She was uh, from Australia and I really loved working with her and just taught me a lot about being methodical and meticulous. Even though I, I felt like I already was a little bit, it's always great to be pushed even further. I believe that the Harvard Catalyst program helped to really sharpen things that I was trying to develop, which is very important. So then I could take them a step further. So one of the things, again, is that work ethic and making sure that, you know, it's okay to be a little slower on some of your projects, but it's about getting it done and getting it done well, as opposed to rushing through things. And that's something that I learned very well working with Dr. Varson is like, it's okay to maybe take three days on something, even though we said, can you finish this in one day? Because we want to make sure it's done right. And it's the end result that matters. You can't rush uh, good work. You can't rush success. And so uh, I liked uh, her mindset and I liked working with her. And that, that was, I think, very critical to getting through med school. Uh, you've got to, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a sprint. So it's okay if you have a bump or it's okay if you fall, but it's about, did you finish the marathon? And when you finish the marathon, people don't always, people, most people won't even know about the, the falls that happen. And I, and I think that the other thing to add about the, the Catalyst program is it, it's just great to be around other individuals who are also learning and going through experiences like you. It's so funny. There was like five of us applying to medical school that summer. So we were at, you know, of course, we were at Harvard Medical School doing an internship and all of us were applying and it was, for, you know, we were handling our business in the lab, but then we would also come home and, and, and handle the application process to medical school and and uh, we knew that partaking in the Catalyst program would help our medical school application. Let's be honest; like we knew that it would, we knew that we would uh, would have something unique from other individuals. So, uh, you know, it's always good to to have people around to uh, 
have positive thoughts, but to also sometimes commiserate because it is very, it was very difficult applying to medical school during that mm. summer because we were all, we all of us got there to the program and one of the first conversations we had was who's, who's applying to medical school this year, uh, who applied. Uh, one individual, Kia Bird, had already been accepted to Harvard, so she actually did the program. She was already accepted wow. to Harvard and she was just doing the program beforehand to kind of get acclimated to, to, um, to uh, the, the, uh, area and everything uh, but yes uh, the rest of us were waiting on our MCAT scores to come in so I can so as you can imagine we're all waiting on MCAT scores and then we're applying so it was nice to have other individuals around who were going who were going through the same thing you were so now you're in Daytona you're soon to start your or you are starting your family medicine residency um, what made you want to pursue medicine and when did you know that you wanted to Sure. And, and, and before I answer that question, I should also say that uh, when it comes to uh, the program at uh, Harvard, uh, it was also very great because once again, like I said, Carol did a good job placing us in labs, but we also had many sessions where we were able to meet with people throughout uh, the community at Harvard. We had uh, lunch sessions with them and not only did I have the opportunity to learn from uh, those in my lab, but I also was exposed to a lot of other individuals. So that was a very great opportunity <coughs> to be exposed to so many different things. Um, when it comes to uh, medicine and more specifically family medicine, um, I chose medicine because I knew that I wanted to get involved uh, with something that would allow for me to make uh, a, a change in uh, everybody's lives. And obviously medicine is one way to do that. I also knew that science was something that I really wanted to get involved with. So uh, pursuing a PhD was not something I wanted to do. Uh, from the very end of high school, I knew that medicine was what I wanted to do, but I knew that medicine wasn't really the final step. Uh, stop for me. And so medicine is a stepping stone for me, I believe, to enter the field of politics. I think that I really believe that it should be somebody in medicine and people in medicine should be working on healthcare reform. And, and so I know that there are many physicians and other people in the field of healthcare that are now stepping into the, into the realm of politics and policy. And I am really passionate about doing that. I chose my program at uh, Halifax uh, Medical Center for a number of reasons. Um, as I stated, I am in a urban but suburban area, Daytona, mm -hmm. Yeah, Daytona Beach area is, uh, Daytona itself is is uh, not a huge city, but um, the surrounding area is approximately 205, 210,000 people. And uh, their Daytona Beach itself is very, um, has a very urban community like you would find in a bigger city. So you do have your underserved population. And then in the surrounding areas, you have your more suburban. So again, it will allow for me to see a lot of different things, but it'll also allow for me to work with patients who I spent the last year advocating for so much uh, on the Hill and in regards to policy. So I'm really gonna see these patients again face to face. I had the opportunity to do so when I went to med school in Dayton, Ohio, but now here in Daytona Beach as a resident, I'll really uh, garner a lot of experience that I think will not only help me become a very strong physician, but will also also helped me become a more um, understanding uh, person who is going to run for office because I will have worked with these patients. I will have seen the social determinants of health. And I think that uh, this program will set me up very great for that. Right. That's amazing. So we talked through a number of different things. We talked about 
um, what your focus was in the script program and going through medical school and, and what you're working towards and looking forward to um, even talking about policy and how um, practicing and your medical degree are going to heavily influence what you're going to be doing on the political side of things. Um, could you tell us more about some of the other social causes you've been involved with? Yeah, so I have been involved. So AMSA is a big thing. Um, it, the work I've done in AMSA outside of medical school really took up a lot of the work that I was doing. But more specifically, um, I was involved with the Lower Drug Prices Now campaign uh, through AMSA. So uh, advocating for affordable medicines, along with uh, many other organizations, been a part of uh, advocating for health care for all. Uh, and uh, more specifically, right now, it has been Medicare for all. But I will say that I am, uh, I believe that there are multiple ways to achieve things. So uh, that has been uh, something that I've been working on in terms of not only is it uh, important for us to understand that getting to healthcare for all is a stepwise process, but also the way to do it might not be the way that everybody else feel is, feels is the way to do it. And compromise is one thing that needs to happen. Uh, I spent uh, a good amount of time uh, working on uh, gun safety and uh, helping to advocate for research uh, funding to be allocated to the NIH and CDC. And this past December, that actually happened. Um, 12.5 million was allocated to the CDC and 12.5 million was allocated to the NIH. And this was the first time in over 21 uh, years since the Dickey Amendment uh, that we had uh, research for gun violence. And obviously gun violence is directly related to healthcare because we are, as healthcare professionals, are seeing these patients who are afflicted uh, right. by gun violence, whether it's physical or whether it's uh, mental, because we have to think about the mental ramifications of being involved in a, uh, gun violence uh, incident. I did work at my medical school with refugees due to our uh, organization. I helped to start the Refugee Student Alliance and that kind of also falls into the AMSA-like activities that I have done, but it was a separate entity. And I also spent some time in Peru about a month after my first year of med school uh, working with uh, the population down there in Iquitos and on the Amazon River. I really spent three weeks with them and then I, uh, the other week was just uh, taking some fun time in Peru, but the first three weeks was uh, going uh, to Iquitos and taking, uh, helping to uh, aid the uh, physicians and healthcare teams down there in Iquitos and along the Amazon River Basin. So I've had a lot of uh, wonderful uh, experiences in terms of being able to uh, help folks, but don't think I've done enough. I think it's been nice to uh, get this experience uh, and, and see, but uh, when I finish residency and I'm an uh, attending physician and a board certified family med physician, I know that uh, just because clinically speaking, I'll be able to see patients on my own totally, totally. It'll be a lot easier. <laughs> But I also know that uh, because of that, it'll also help me get involved with things to have more of an effect as well. Great. And you talked about AMSA, American Medical Student Association, correct? Yes. And um, you are now the president of that group or association? So now I am the immediate past president. My term was uh, May 1 of 2019 to April 30th of 2020. It was a full-time position, so I... 
uh, graduated med school May 2019, and I served full-time in Washington, D.C., and uh, finished my term, and uh, as I said, now I'm done in Daytona Beach. So I'm immediate past president, so I'm still on the board of trustees. I'm just uh, no longer uh, in the president role. Great. And, and you talked about some of this, but in, and even through the work you've been doing, I'm sure they were very critical in uh, quite a few of the initiatives you took on and the different things that you did. And can you just hone in on why it was important to be part of that group and leading that association? Yeah, it's important just, uh, I mean, mainly because uh, we need to uh, educate future physicians on not only uh, things that we don't necessarily learn in the classroom, such as social determinants of health and right. health disparities that is so important. But also we need to, you know, empower not just future physicians, but all individuals in the uh in our society to understand that we can use our voice to make a change. We do have that right as American citizens. It is a, it is a right that we have been given and we should all use it. But as physicians, we should really be using that because we get to see so many uh, of the constituents that are our uh, representatives, you know, that are in their districts. And so we have a lot of input in a, in a big, big place in society. And I think that we should start speaking up and, and I know people don't always want to get political, but it, it is time, I believe, to step into that arena. Right. And one of your goals, as you've mentioned, besides becoming a physician and now practicing, is running for elected office. Um, why do you think it's important to get involved in politics? You've talked about some of it. And what do you hope to achieve? Yeah, so it's important because we need to make change and uh, that change is not happening. Um, it's just not happening. Um, there's no other way to put it. Um, uh, people can, I'm not going to get political on this because I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm not here to share like, you know, my beliefs in terms of, politics, but, but we do need to make a change. And uh, I mean, I went to med school, I'm going to go to residency uh, and go through residency. And as I said, people in the healthcare field have a lot more insight into the field of medicine than anybody else, because that's where we work. So right. um I believe that that just needs to happen, especially as a family medicine physician. We work with so many different types of uh, individuals because there are, as a family med doc, we see so many patients. So we are exposed to people from every branch of society. Uh, as a doctor, you're also uh, partly a uh, business person because you do have to handle that as well. So that is a direct uh uh, a part of, of, of our work as physicians as well. And then also uh, the fact that uh, we are uh, have gone through medical school, education is another thing. And let's be clear, like healthcare and education, if all of those were equal for everybody, the world would be very different. Right. Um, so those are two uh, areas where I feel like, not just personally, I have a lot of experience, but where I've uh, done uh, a decent amount of uh, work on. So I think that being a physician puts me in a unique, unique opportunity to um, be able to understand and help folks who have, uh, who might not have access to those things. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a single parent household. By no means was I, by no means, and I, and I make sure that I 
put this out here because at times I feel like when I say that people are like, oh, it must have been hard growing up. And I was like, no, my mother was a teacher. I had a, I had a good family network. I had a lot of opportunities that many people did not have. So I'm not going to say that. But growing up in a single parent household, I did see some of the uh, difficulties that do can, can occur for uh, other individuals that uh, were uh, close to me and uh, so I, I understand the importance of making sure that everybody is given equal access to education. Thank you so much for joining us Dr. Cochran. It's been a pleasure to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much and I'm always so uh, grateful for opportunities I've, I've had in the past and uh, being a part of the Harvard Catalyst program was an opportunity that I will never forget. I still have uh, many uh, great friends from the Harvard Catalyst program. I still talk to them uh, regularly and uh, it was a very great experience and I am very grateful for having this opportunity to speak to you all today. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, Please rate us on iTunes and help us spread the word about the amazing research taking place across the Harvard community. To learn more about the guests on this episode, visit our website, catalyst.harvard.edu slash thinkresearch.